Hello and welcome into Thunderbird Eye. My name is Jacob Ayer and alongside me are Jake McGrail, Liz Wang, Corey Branson, and Nico Roselli of CITR Sports, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Always keep you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news, standings, and stories. And this, as a preface is going to be our last show with all five of us in here for this calendar year. We will be back as a crew come January 13th, I believe. Someone check. Someone tell me if I'm wrong. I think that's right. Jake, do you have any answers for me? Just give me a second. He needs a second. But in this past week, we'll wait for Jake to get back. It's actually the 15th. The 15th is when we'll be back as a crew. But we have two more shows after this, so don't. Don't feel like we're abandoning you just yet. Uh, this past week, a volleyball took down the TRU side 3-1 to here at home. Meanwhile, basketball swept their sister school out in Kelowna. Hockey took on the Cougars and came out with the opposite outcome of that of basketball. Meanwhile, swimming won the Canada West title for the 7th straight and then 11th straight years. Big round of applause to them. And then this time out in Lethbridge, the men's rugby team played in a gritty Canadian University men's rugby championship where there was a last-second outcome that shocked the Thunderbirds. We'll get more into that later. Yeah, into the world of volleyball. Um, the men's volleyball team extended their winning streak to six games, 3-1 to one, and 3-0 to zero set wings over Thompson River this past weekend. UBC now sits at 7-3 to three this season, good enough for their fourth place in the Canada West standings. UBC also had a big moment off the court as former Olympian and UBC Thunderbird volleyball star Tom Jones was introduced to the Canada West Hall of Fame. Game one was a... UBC 3-1 to decision in their favor despite the score it was a close battle as UBC lost the first set 31-29 to after blowing a 24-20 to lead. They then won the next two sets 25-23 to before winning the fourth and final set 25-20 to and me and Jake were there in action. Yeah, it was definitely a really close match. Matt Neves, he led the way as he's often done this season. 15 kills, 3 digs, 4 blocks, 4 aces. Those blocks and aces were both season highs and Ben Hooker also had a season high or at least he tied his season high with 42 assists so some strong performances there yeah and on add on to that Colton Lu also had a great performance game with 11 kills six sticks three blocks and two aces um although he did have six service aces as a service error as well but um Jerome Murray and uh, Jordan Deshane also combined for 14 kills and 11 blocks with a 0.393 hitting percentage in the middle wasn't all great for the Thunderbirds. Michael Dohaniak struggled in this one after hitting over 460 to start the season. Which led Canada West for a single uh, match, I believe, because he didn't have enough before to, <laughs> to count, but still, he was there. Well, he's not leading Canada West anymore after he hit negative uh, 032 with seven kills and eight attack errors. That dropped him out of the top five in Canada West for hitting percentage. It was a nice one, you know, one-week run for him there. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happens. That's so true, Jake. I love the inspiration that I hear from you. You make me want to get up and just be my best self. You're welcome. We all love you, Jake. (laughs) And now jumping into game two, UBC had a slightly easier time in their second match as they beat Thompson Rivers 3-0, capped off by an emphatic 25-13 third set victory. Yeah, UBC did not commit a single attack error in the entire third set, which uh, gives them a uh, hidden percentage to 0.600 and only had 8 in the entire match. They had 9 in the first set of game 1, so that you can see the comparison there. 
As a team, the Thunderbirds hit 368 for the match, with Lou and DeShane both hitting 500. Every starter except for Murray hit 333 or better. An insanely efficient match for this Thunderbirds side. And really, it just seems like they keep getting hotter and hotter. Yeah, Neves led the team in kills again. He had 10, while Lou had 8 kills, 3 aces, and 4 assists. Hooker only had 18 assists, but he did add 6 digs and a team-high 4 blocks. So, a good night for him regardless. Yeah, um, great performance for the men's team. And on the other side, the women's team had an up-and-down weekend, splitting their two-game series with Thompson River, with a 3-2-1 win on Friday, followed by a 3-2-1 loss on Saturday. The loss uh, held a three-game winning streak, and the birds are not sitting on the record of 6-4. The match on Friday was part of the Thunderstruck Festival, dedicated to... Putting a spotlight on female athletes, UBC took a first close set at a score of 25-23. to 23. They were down 9-5 to five early in the second, but clawed their way back thanks to six kills in the frame from Captain Anna Price, and they were able to actually end up taking that 25-21. to 21. Uh, UBC looked like they were going to finish off Thompson Rivers in the third set as they took a 5-0 advantage, but TRU exploded with a 25-5 to five run to win the set. Thankfully, the Thunderbirds regrouped and won the fourth, twenty-five to fifteen. You gotta love those comebacks. Yeah, twenty-five to five run. That's that's not great. <laughs> I think it was a fifteen. I think it was a fifteen-five. Was it really a twenty-five yeah, to five run? Wow, wow, that is insane. So UBC jumped out like pretty substantially, and then they just lost all momentum. They, they just lost everything. Wow. And then uh, standout performers for UBC that game included Price, thirteen kills, nine digs, two aces. Gabby Atea, 13 kills, 9 digs. And Kayla Oxland, 33 assists, 10 digs, 4 blocks, 3 aces. Incredible stuff. Furlan better check yourself. That's a nice stat line. Yeah, add on to that, Kayla Oxen is averaging 35 assists, 7 digs, 1.5 blocks, and 2 aces over her last 4 matches. Doing a good job filling the still injured Liv Furlan. I'm telling you. She's try- she's gonna try and come back in the Stop new year. Well, I mean, honestly, they'll probably end up sliding Oxland over into a semi setter, but more like outside hitter role, or maybe do that with Furlan because I feel like both of them need to stay on the court right now. Yeah, there's no reason to take one of them off if they're playing so hot. Uh, looking at game two though, this one was rough for UBC. They dropped the first two sets, 25 to 23, and then 25 to 15. They won the third 25 to 21, but were shut down in the fourth with a 25 to 14 defeat. Yeah, they got a lot of kills, 48, continuing a strong trend there, but they had 33 attack errors, 10 service errors. That's really not good. They lost the ace battle 11 to 3 in a category that they've been dominant for most of the season. They lost the block battle 10 to 2. So really, it was just. Not a good night in yeah. many facets. <laughs> Overall, it was tough for the Thunderbirds. Atea and Heather Pippis were a couple bright spots for UBC. Atea did have a game-high 14 kills along with three digs and two aces. Meanwhile, the recent transfer, transfer Pippis had 10 kills and three digs. Yeah, and uh, after that, both volleyball teams are on the road this weekend against Alberta. The women's team has lost five straight against the Golden Panas, dating back to November 2017, while the men's team are just 6-24 to all-time against them. I will say, though, the men's volleyball team, five, is it a five-match win streak now? Six. Six-match win streak. So they're really hot. So I think they have a good shot. Yeah, and looking at a team that's really hot and has a good shot to win, it is our swimming teams. As this past weekend, the UBC swim teams did what they do best, and that's win championships for the seventh straight year on the men's side. And on the women's side, the 11th straight year, 
the Thunderbirds are Canada West champions. Slurpee time! <laughs> Slurpee time! That it is, it is indeed Slurpee time. Although our athletes probably don't enjoy a ton of Slurpees, given that they're. <laughs> being amazing swimmers. You know, the coach has <laughs> got to give him a break for this one. <laughs> the How often does this happen? The coaches have all the Slurpees themselves. <laughs> <laughs> the women's had a reasonably comfortable win in the end. They took their 30th all-time conference title. There have only been 47 championships. UBC has won 30 of them on the women's side. On the men's side, it came down to the wire. They narrowly beat out Calgary to win their 20th conference title, which ties them with the Dinos for most all-time. Rounded up, they have a 64% probability of winning a championship. That is absolutely ridiculous. That's a passing grade. I mean, we're a we're a winner's school, Jacob. That's true. We'll we do nothing it. nothing but win. <laughs> Indeed, uh, this weekend, as Jake said, the women's team finished with nine nine hundred and five points. That's almost one hundred ahead of the Calgary Dinos. But for the men's team, they finished with seven hundred eighty five, and that was just five ahead of Calgary. So very very tight. This was also a very interesting situation. They were down a single point heading into the final day when Calgary native Alex Pratt came up clutch with two individual gold medals on top of swimming the final leg of the meet's final event, the 400-meter medley relay, where the Thunderbirds beat the Dinos by half a second. Pratt was named male swimmer of the meet. That championship DNA, what can we say? I mean, that is really coming down to like a matter of inches. They say baseball is a a game of inches, but like seriously swimming, it's just fractions of second. Nick Duke also won two individual golds, winning both the 100 and 200 meter backstrokes. Jaron LaFranc was in charge of the breaststroke, winning gold and silver in the 150 meter Meanwhile, Dimitri Lim won gold and silver in both the 50 and 200 meter butterfly. And then rounding out the standout performers on the men's side, Brody Young, he won silver and bronze in the 400 meter and 200 meter medley. And Howley Fan took silver in the 1500 meter freestyle. Looking now at the women's side that had a bit of an easier road to winning that championship, Hoy Lam Karen Tam broke the Canada West record in the 50 meter butterfly. She is so good. Yeah. And she's young. I think she's a sophomore or junior. Yeah, she is. Yeah, I know she's not a senior, uh, for sure. She had a time of 26.79, so congratulations, Karen. She also won gold, silver, and bronze in the 50-meter freestyle, 100-meter freestyle, and 100-meter butterfly. A lot of trophies. Like like Michael Phelps up there or something. That's crazy. Ledecky, I don't know. <laughs> Megan Dalk also won three medals, winning the 400-meter medley, along with silvers in the 800-meter and 400-meter freestyle. Olivia Ellard and Hilary Metcalf each won a gold and a silver. Ellard in the 200-meter and 50-meter backstroke, and Metcalf in the 200-meter medley and 100-meter backstroke. Finally. Breaststroke, excuse me. No worries. No worries. We're all good for a little error from time to time. I'm guilty of it myself. It's so hard speaking correctly when you're talking about so many different wins. That's true. (laughs) I like that. Okay. I see you, Jake. I see you, Jake. Rounding things out, Quincy Brozo won silver and a bronze. Meanwhile, Kirsten Douglas, who was a floor mate of mine way back in first year, grabbed a silver. Mackenzie Gunther took a bronze and Josie Field and Douglas tied for second in the 200-meter butterfly to split the silver. Yeah, and both rookie swimmers of the meet were Thunderbirds, Anna Dumont, Bellinger on the women's side, and Rabin Doman on the men's, and UBC's Derek Schuf was named Women's Coach of the Year. Yeah, this was the last event of the year for our swim teams. Uh, they'll next be in action at a tri-meet hosted by SFU, but that's not until January, so they get some time off for the winter break. 
And now we're going to move into basketball. We're calling it a post-secondary sibling rivalry because your UBC Thunderbirds basketball teams were in the interior over the weekend to take on the UBC O Heat. Starting with the women's team, it was back-to-back easy breezy affairs as the T-Birds won both by double digits, 77 to 44, then 75 to 57. Defensively, the T-Birds thrice held the Heat to 10 points or fewer in a quarter. And offensively, it was the Keelan Filowitz show once again as the pride of Vincent Massey put up 37 points over the two games, nearly 25% of the team's total. Yeah, Game 1 actually featured a pretty tight first quarter. The Thunderbirds only led by four at its end, but it was really that middle half where the Thunderbirds shined. They had they outscored UBCO 23-9 in the second and then 22-11 in the third. From there, the Thunderbirds really were able to just coast to victory. Yeah, and uh, stop me if you've heard this before, but Filowich had a very strong game. She had eight. Stop. Wait, what? I've heard that before. <laughs> Jake, well, are you sure? <laughs> it happened again. It happened again. 18 points, 7 to 16 shooting, 11 rebounds, carry the, the offensive load. Jessica Hansen, nice game as well. 10 points, 5 rebounds, team leading, 6 assists. Kay Johnson, Kelowna native and former UBCO player, made her return to her hometown and recorded 15 points on, get this, 7 of 8 shooting with 5 steals. That's, Seven that's, of eight that, shooting. That's Isn't efficient. Eighty-seven percent field goal. It's really good for Johnson too, who has been struggling to start the year. So that's good to see her bounce back. Fantastic. Um, overall, UBC shot forty-one point nine percent from the field, compared to just a dismal twenty-eight point three for the Heat. Tough game for them. They also had twenty-two turnovers, so not a strong game for our sister school. Game two was actually pretty close, though, up until the fourth quarter, with the Heat actually holding a five-point lead after the first. So a bit of turn of events there. But then UBC went on a 22-4 run to seal the victory. Awfully similar to that volleyball match that we were talking about. Uh, and then Philwich again, 19 points in this one, 9-15 shooting. She did only have 7 rebounds, a bit uncharacteristic for her. Uh, so that did break her streak of 3 straight double-doubles. Wow, Keelan, you're letting <laughs> us down. Couldn't get a double-double. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. uh, kind of in uh, Philowich's stead there, Hansen really stepped up her game in this one. She shot well, 16 points, 6 of 10 shooting, while Johnson led the team with 7 assists. Tannis Metcalf made her first career start in place of Madison Legault and recorded 10 points, 5 rebounds, 1 steal, and 1 block. She played 20 minutes. And now, after losing three straight, the Thunderbirds have won three in a row. A nice bounce back for them. They're sitting at 5-3 and three right now. They're tied for fifth in Canada West. Uh, they have a decent test this weekend as their opponents, Lethbridge, are also 5-3. and three. And hopefully, they're going to have a boost as well, if, if sources are to be believed. Are we, are we able to yeah, say more we, than that? Yeah, I think we can talk about it. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. So basically, our, one of our team members, Maddie Penn, is coming back from injury, she says. So limited playtime at first, coming back from pretty bad uh, back injury it was. Yeah. So definitely going to nurse that back to health. But she was one of the best players last year. She averaged double doubles across the season, which is just ridiculous to say. And then you add that on to what Keelan's been able to do on her own. And this team's already hot. So look, it looks to be another boost to this women's basketball side. They're going to be taking on Lethbridge. Yeah, speaking of teams taking on Lethbridge, we'll talk about the men's team now. They're taking on Lethbridge this coming weekend. This past weekend, they were also taking on UBCO. While the women won comfortably in both of their games against the Heat, the men participated in a couple of absolute romps. Game one was nearly a double up as UBC thrashed UBCO 112 to 57. I love nail biters. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best. I was on the edge of my seat for the entirety of that one. 
They uh, tapped the brakes a little bit in game two in that one. They only won by only. 30 points. Only yeah. one. That small, one was tight. Small margin of victory. I had to check my heart rate monitor during <laughs> that one. That was uh, 107 to 77. The wins were total team efforts by the Thunderbirds, as in each game, at least five players hit double digits and points. Yeah, game one, never in doubt at all. Thunderbirds, quick 10 nothing run to start the game, and they were up 57 to 17 at halftime. That's that's tough. <laughs> that's, re- that's really rough. Manu Claire was the dominant performer in this game, flirting with a triple-double as he put up 25 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. He shot 10 of 15 and 4 of 7 from beyond the arc. Meanwhile, like Kate Johnson on the women's side, Grant Shepard was also playing in his hometown this week, and he too delivered in Game 1. He had 21 points and 7 boards. Jaden Coey ended up went for going for 17. Meanwhile, Grant Audu had 16. Zach Moore even put up 10 of his own. And led with 11 rebounds. Meanwhile, my my friend, Brian Wallach, came off the bench for 10 points as well. So, all-around contribution. Is, is he a literal friend of the show? He is. Yeah, I would say we're we're not close friends, but we're definitely acquaintances. Again, I kind of lived with him, so it just happened. We were, like, close together. And he's, like, one of the friendliest humans I've ever met in my life. So Jacob flexing on us a little bit right now. <laughs> I lived with, I lived with Brian Whoa. Wallach. Hey, hey, do you want to know how many athletes I know? I, I lived with Brian Wallach. I, w- <laughs> I I lived down the hall from Kirsten Douglas. Hey. I got to throw in my I went to the same high school as Emily Moore. That's <laughs> all I got. It's what, it's what you got to do when you you broadcast about UBC sports. You just got to figure out those connections. <laughs> uh, in this one, UBC dominated in every category. Nothing was more telling, though, than their incredible field goal percentage, 57.1%. That's crazy. Uh, the Heat had 31.4%, so not even close. Uh, Thunderbirds were also 44.4% from three, while UBCO hit pretty much half of that at 22.9%. So they were making all of their shots. Uh, Looking ahead then at game two, the Heat played better in this one, though it didn't really matter that much. Local boy Shepard carried the torch again in this one. He hit nine of ten. For 23 points and six rebounds. Yeah, it doesn't get uh, much better than that offensively. Well, ten of ten. Okay, it can get 10% better, but... (laughs) (laughs) A little unreasonable to expect 100% shooting, but maybe he'll get there eventually. We're a school of champions, We're Jake. Again, champions. again, come on, Shepard. What are you doing? Pick up your game. And meanwhile, Audu chipped in 19 points. Kohi put up 18 as well as 9 assists. Off the bench, Taylor Brown scored 17 going 4 for 5 from 3. UBC's shooting numbers did regress. They hit just 52% of their shots. UBC... Did hit 45%, but they still lost by 30. From three, UBC hit 36%. The Heat improved to just under 30%. UBC is now third in Canada West, riding a four-game win streak, and are 6-2 and two, with their only two losses coming against the still undefeated Calgary Dinos. Don't like to say that. <laughs> they will also return home to play Lethbridge this weekend as they finish up 2019. The Pronghorns are just 3-5. and five. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. We're going to come back in a bit, just leaving for ads and PSAs. And Nico's got some hockey news for us. Hi, are you here for Pride Night? Yes, thanks for asking. Pride Night runs on the fourth Wednesday of every month from 6.15 p.m. to 9 p.m. Drop by at the Bike Kitchen, located in room 36 in the UBC Life Building. Bring your own bike and fix it with our tools, come with questions and ask away, or just come hang out with other community members and eat some free pizza. Beginners are always welcome. Take up space in a shop and learn in a space facilitated by queer mechanics and volunteers. Silver bell. 
X at Mint Records. We know you'll have a great time at this year's Mint Records Ridiculously Early Xmas Party. Join us at the Red Gate on November 30th for a warm and festive evening of music with Dumb, Tough Age, Necking, Supermoon, Kellarissa, and Jay Arner. As usual, Santa will be giving away presents jammed with goodies from his elves at Audiopile, Nemesis Coffee, Lucky's Comics, and Six Cent Press along with a surprise mint release to the first 50 people through the door. Limited advance tickets are available online or at Red Cat Records and Neptune Records. X. Welcome back to CITR Sports. My name is Nico Roselli, and you are listening to Thunderbird Eye. We are broadcasting live from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. Looking at hockey now, after strong performances last week from both the men's and women's teams, it pains me to say that neither of them recorded a victory against Mount Royal. The men lost both games in consecutive 4-1 defeats, while the women, though they did lose both games, did grab a point in a 2-1 overtime loss in Game 1. Game 2 saw the Thunderbirds lose 1-0 in regulation, marking their first shutout loss. The men's team now sit at 4-7-3 with 11 points, good for 6th place and the final playoff spot in Canada West standings for now. Meanwhile, the women drop to 8-3-3 and down from 1st to 2nd. They are 1 point behind the Dinos, who have 26 compared to our 25. Looking at the men's team, if you ignore the final score count for Game 1, it looked Look pretty even. Thunderbirds narrowly outshot 34 to 29. Both teams, one for three in the power play. Both took three penalties, resulting in six penalty minutes each. You know, seems seems pretty good yeah, on the you, on the surface. On the, well, if actually, you, if you ignore the deep. main surface part and then just go to the subsurface, like if you go okay. beneath the crust of the earth, you're kind of in the magma. <laughs> this is too much geology. Going towards for me. the core, <laughs> Jacob. I'm an arts major. I can't the, do this. The inner core. What do you think I am? <laughs> That's Tori, I'm no better. <laughs> That's true. Uh, well, yeah, speaking of it seeming pretty even, even rather, uh, it was actually UBC that opened the scoring at the 7.09 mark of the first period. Maxwell James scored on the power play. However, Mount Royal then scored four unanswered goals in the second and third. That's not as even. Not yeah, no. quite. No, that would definitely be a surface level not as even. Standout performance from this game was definitely Rylan Ling- Lindgren, who scored a natural hat-trick after Jamal Watson tied the game at one in the second period, goalie Wyatt Hofflin got the win with 28 saves. And now looking at game two, game two was a much more lively affair than game one, but unfortunately the scoreline would remain the same as Mount, Ro- Mount Royal would once again defeat UBC by a score of 4-1. to one. And Jake's going to touch on it, but you'll see why this was a very lively affair. Yeah, looking at the shot count, pretty even. You know, big fan of big fan of even hockey here at uh, Thunderbird Eye. The Cougars just edged the Thunderbirds out again, 27-23. There was a big discrepancy, though, as UBC took nine penalties for a total of 26 penalty minutes. That included a 10-minute misconduct in the third to Austin Veteral and a bench minor awarded to the coach. Not sure exactly what's happening there. Okay, if that was a flex on their penalty minutes, look to the women's team last year. <laughs> they were totaling like 30 to 50 on average. It was ridiculous. I don't know how they won as many as they did. Well, it was the men's team last year that had the backup goalie that got the 10 minutes. That's yes. right. Conduct, That's right. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. And even though there were no power play goals scored, the Cougars jumped out to a 3 nothing lead with three goals in just three and a half minutes 
in the first period, which meant Patrick Dale was pulled after allowing three goals on five shots. That is terrible. That is Wow. It's a 40% save percentage. Good for him. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, Ryland Toth made 20 saves in relief, but the damage was done. Yeah, Cougars went up 4 nothing. Uh, UBC did get a consolation goal from Kyle Becker. That's what made it 4-1. That came midway through the third, though. So a bit too late to stage the comeback. We'll look at the women's team now. They seem to be in control of their opening tilt against the Cougars. They outshot them 12-4 in the first, took the early lead in the second through Ashley McFadden. And they were holding the lead until the third uh, while they were outshooting their opponents 12-4. Uh, but the game remained close. Yeah, Mount Royal tied the game on the power play. Then the Cougars' Nicolette Seber scored her first goal of the season in overtime to hand UBC the loss. Very tough. They outshot the Cougars 29-20 in the end. They went 0-4 on the power play and ended their six-game winning streak and started a losing streak the next night. Yeah, looking at game two for the women, UBC came out strong once again and ultimately outshot MRU 28-17. to They had seven power play opportunities, and Tori Miklash was solid in goal. Sounds like the recipe for a win, but instead they were shut out and lost one nothing. Yeah, on the surface, looked pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> You're really big on the surface today, Jake. <laughs> what, uh, do, what do you have going down in that... And those inner feelings of yours, Jake, that you're hiding beyond the surface level. He's getting this is this is way too deep for a uh, 9:30 a.m. That's okay. Thunder Die episode. Hey, Jake, <laughs> tell me about your inner feelings. He's actually getting sponsored by Microsoft Surface, which oh. is why he keeps bringing it up. Yes. Well, yeah. thanks. Congrats. That's awesome. <laughs> Get that bag. Uh, lone goal of the game, and this one came off a power play for uh, MRU when Sepper scored her second in as many games. That was all the Cougars needed as goalie Cassie Shakar stopped all the shots she faced. Good for her, but not good for us. The Cougars, meanwhile, had a chance to double their lead on a turnover from UBC, resulting in a breakaway, but Miklash, per usual, was able to make a very timely stop. However, her counterpart, Cassie Shokar, matched Miklash through the game and would end up being perfect on the night. She stopped 56 of the 57 shots she faced on the weekend. What an incredible stat. Very opposite of what we saw from the men's side. Yeah, that's unbelievable. 56 of 57. That's outstanding in terms of any hockey league. Uh, looking into the future, both teams take on Alberta tomorrow and Saturday. The women will be at home while the men will make the trip to Edmonton. Before we transition over to men's rugby, I would just like to point out there is something in the water at MRU this year. That women's volleyball team is ridiculous. Women's I know they've been historically pretty good at hockey, but it just seems like they got something cooking. What I mean, any theories? They found gold under the mountain. Ah, like, Lethbridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Mount Royal. Mount rather. Royal, yeah. The, believe, the mountain where is Mount, Mount Royal? Royal? I believe it's in Calgary. Mount Royal is da, 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 in Calgary, Alberta. So maybe it's oil. My theory is advanced analytics. Advanced <laughs> analytics. You know what? Honestly, you say that, but our men's team was praised. Our men's volleyball team was praised for its use of analytics, which ended up bringing them to a championship two years ago. So it's very possible. And I within mean, the they realm. stole it from us. The Oakland A's used it, and they did amazing on a very limited budget. So why not? That's true. Why can't we see it in? University? I like I like the stole it from us point. <laughs> bring it all. Bring it all back to the UBC being the best. They know we're a school of winners. That's yes. <laughs> so true. And although we are generally a school of winners, UBC men's rugby team went out to Montreal this past weekend to defend their two-time, which were also the first two ever Canadian University Men's Rugby Championship, but they did fall just a bit short. On last week's show, we touched on the first match, which took place two Wednesdays ago, 
against the Brock Badgers. That match, they won by a sizable 56-10 margin. Then on Friday, they took on the home team in the Concordia Stingers, where they won a very gritty 22-18 match. Finally then, in the championship game, after a day of a break and a bit of a breather, the UBC Thunderbirds, Thunderbirds fell just short in that gold medal game against... And this pains me to say their rivals in the in the University of Victoria Vikes, Corey don't say a thing by a final of 21 to 20. And this happened because of a missed last second convert by the Thunderbirds. Are you telling me that the men's rugby team lost a game? I, I am telling wow. you that. Just so, I, just so everybody knows, Corey has a big smile on his face right now. I know you can't see him, but... <laughs> We're throwing you under the bus. Corey's here, actually wearing a UVic t-shirt right now. This yeah. is fake news. What is this about <laughs> your roots, Corey? Okay, Jake are you is, saying you're transferring? Jake is just angry because he didn't get to slide in any Lincoln Rosebush updates today. <laughs> so he's now, looking for any chance he can get to take shots at me. Now that you mention that, <laughs> in game one, Lincoln Rosebush had four points and two rebounds on two of two shooting in nine minutes. Game two, he played fewer minutes against UBCO. He had uh, two points, one rebound in a steal. And bringing it back to men's <laughs> rugby yeah in the semifinals the thunderbirds took on the hosting concordia stingers nick frost scored the first of his three tries for ubc just five minutes into the match however jack sure missed the convert to make it five nothing then 13 minutes in frost scored another try after a successful line out and a mall from about 15 meters out sure then converted and the thunderbirds were up 12 nothing and concordia could only muster a penalty kick in the first half, so going into halftime, it was 12-3 advantage for UBC. Second half saw a wild missed penalty kick by Concordia, which they somehow recovered for a try. Bizarre. Absolutely, Absolutely ridiculous. Bizarre. It's like a Leon Lett, Cowboys, Dolphins sort of situation. This put them back in the match, but still trailing 12-10. to 10. Concordia momentarily took a 13-12 to 12 lead after a successful penalty kick before UBC and Nick Frost again scored, this time with Max Radcliffe converting to make it a 19-13 lead for UBC. UBC never gave this lead up as they tacked on another penalty kick to make it 22-13. to And Concordia could only add one more try with a missed convert to make the final 22-18 to for UBC. Yeah, good stuff. Then in the finals, it was a rematch of the two teams from the inaugural 2017 final, UBC and Corey's favorite, Victoria Vikes. <laughs> then like the two other games to get to the final, UBC scored very soon after kickoff, just five minutes in. Dan Archer got a try. But Jack Schur, again, missed the convert to make it just 5 nothing. Am I going to have to go Dr. Phil on you, too? <laughs> going to have to sit you down? <laughs> well, I'm just, I just want to say, like, you know, Alex Pratt, you know, uh, he's, he's the Calgary native on the swim team. We're throwing praise on him, right, because he beat the Dinos in the swimming championship. And yet I come out here, and I'm from Victoria. I'm a Victoria native. So your argument is that because we praise another player who's exceptionally well, we shouldn't be... As I'm just saying, shouldn't be roasting you as much. If he's from Calgary and we're not giving him heck, okay. Why am I being given heck for being from Victoria? Because you're not Alex Pratt. That's fair. He wins. I mean, the better team did win in the rugby final. (laughs) We'll talk this out later in our Doctor Phil session. But back to the finals. At 15 minutes in, after it was a 5-0 lead for the Thunderbirds, Nick Allen scored a little closer to the middle of the pitch, which made it easier for a conversion by Shear to make it 12 nothing. And from here, it unfortunately went really downhill for the Thunderbirds. Uvic went to work scoring two converted tries in less than five minutes. And that small Uvic lead, uh, they were able to hold until halftime when it was 14-12 for the Vikes. Yeah, UBC did retake the lead probably through the second half. 
got it at 15 to 14. Juvik, however, relentless. Very quickly after that penalty kick for the Thunderbirds scored a try of their own 60 minutes in, which they again converted to make it 21 to 15. With just a few minutes to go, UBC made a miraculous run. Going into extra time, the T-Birds kept pushing and were rewarded when winger Evan Norris ran it in for the try to make it 21 to 20. With the clock and extra time gone, it was up to Radcliffe to kick the convert. A do-or-die situation from the corner, but like Shear's conversion on the very first try, the kick just fell short. UV, UVic rather, won the third CUMRC. That was 21-20 to 20 over UBC. Heartbreaker for the Thunderbirds. You tell me we did that drum roll for nothing? It was a lead-up to an unfortunate outcome, but it was a very dramatic moment nonetheless. And yes, a tearjerker of a game for the Thunderbirds. They claim just silver this year. Still not a bad outcome, but they do not repeat as three-time champs. Next up for the Thunderbirds is a November 30th matchup against the Vancouver Rowing Club at 2.30 here on home turf. Then they will break for winter break and come back in January around when we do. Now, last couple points before I talk about the matches that are upcoming. Men's field hockey beat Victoria 5-0 this past weekend. We know nothing else about the game. Congrats to them. And 139 Thunderbirds were honored as academic All-Canadians at a special athletes breakfast recently. So congratulations to all of those athletes. Yeah, shout out to the people who are able to multitask and be good in the classroom and great on the court or great on both. And looking at what's coming up this weekend, the last weekend of games before winter break, volleyball takes on Alberta on the road. Hockey also taking on Alberta, men's on the road, women's here at home. Uh, the women's basketball and men's basketball are both playing at home against Lethbridge. And on Saturday, men's rugby, as you mentioned, just now taking on Vancouver Rowing Club. And Sunday, finally, men's field hockey taking on Surrey Lions FHC in Surrey. Just uh, one note on the women's hockey game on Saturday. That is actually the T-Birds Winter Thunderland event. they got a bunch of fun events happening out at the rink. So if you want to check out a game, Come this on is a good support. time to go. Yeah. We always want more people to show out. Last week, the women's volleyball team was actually promoting their own Thunderstruck. It's hard to get the resources and the finances to do this promotion. So we're one way that you guys hear about it. So do come out and support. The teams really need it. And they're really good. So you won't be disappointed if you come to see this great athleticism in all of our athletes, regardless of sport. With those notes, thank you, Jake. Thank you, Nico. Thank you, Corey. And thank you all for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, what you can do to keep up with UBC Thunderbird's news standings and stories is follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at CITR Sports. Tomorrow, check out our social or rather, not tomorrow, but go check out our socials anyway, as our Jacob Patton interview is up with the UBC. It's a really good interview, and Corey did a great job. It's currently, I think, our third most popular YouTube interview. It may be second now. I'll have to check back in on it, but it's doing well regardless. And now, next up on CITR is Rocket from Russia at 10 a.m. This is sad. This is my final episode before I take a lengthy break. You three will be having at least one or two more episodes each. I won't be here next week, but Corey and Nico and Liz, I believe, will be here next week. And yep. then I'll be back the week after that for the last show of the calendar year. And in the last show of the calendar year, might we have some of our, I guess, like backstage writers? Are they Hopefully. potentially coming in? Yeah, we'll have some other contributors come on to the show. But for today, thank you all for tuning in. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jacob, Jake, Liz, Corey, and Nico with contributions from Ben Nelson and Byron and Alan Wang. Listen Thursdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. on CITR Radio or check us on iTunes at Thunderbird Eye. Thank you for tuning in and have a wonderful rest of your day.